Hey, Shoujo fans! Welcome to episode 18 of Shoujo Sunday. We will be reviewing episode 12 and 13 of Kageki Shoujo. It's finale time! Let's dig in. Okay, so where we left off, I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet, y'all. Where we left off, the second year class of COCA are preparing for their graduation, and the first year class learned that four of them will be chosen to act out a scene from Romeo and Juliet to showcase their talent during the grand event. Everyone has to audition for the part they want, so our favorite girls are giving it their all to possibly be picked. Sarasa struggles with how she can make Tibble be her own, while I decides to use her pretty privilege to get a step ahead in becoming Juliet. Now, let us get into Kageki Shoujo episode 12. Here is our soft serve summary. It's Ayako's turn. We get to relive a flashback of Ayako in high school who ended up falling in love with a glasses-wearing boy named Hirayama, who liked her family's bakery. He confesses to the school's... mm, Fast girl? Yeah, fast girl, Yano. We later learn that Yano rejected Hirayama because she's friends with Ayako, and see that Yano actually was in love with Ayako, who had been clueless. She used her memories to give an amazing rendition of Juliet along with the song, and everyone is absolutely proud of her. Sugimoto shines as a bitter Tybalt, and most of our girl crew gets through their audition, except Sarasa. Through Sarasa's flashback, we learn why she inherently chose to play one-sided love character, that is Tybalt. In a flashback, we see that she has a coca acceptance party, and Akia couldn't attend, so he promised to take her to the aquarium the next day. And she's too excited to wait for him, so she decides to go meet him at his place before their date. And during that time, she actually sees... Akia asking for an hour before they go to the aquarium because she is meeting up with her dad, aka the Kabuki Man. So during this meeting, Kabuki Man encourages Akia to date Sarasa so she can have a vibrant teenage life. And Akia is very uncomfortable with that and feels dismissive of it at the same time. Although he can't necessarily dismiss Kabuki Man because of how charismatic he is. And Sarasa witnesses this entire scene. So when she finally meets with Akia, she internally acknowledges how he felt the whole time. But she still asks him to be her boyfriend. So from there, we see that she got into a one-sided relationship with him on purpose. She plans on using her past in order to play out Tybalt, and the episode ends with Ando Sensei announcing that he will play Romeo in the last audition trial. So, Gianna, do you have a theme? I'll be honest, I actually don't. I wasn't able to come up with anything. Do you have one? Yeah, yeah. I said there is a hidden story inside of everyone that helps them relate to others and situations that they see themselves in. Okay, that's perfect. I really, really like that. Thank you. Do you have any sprinkles on top? No, I'm really bad this week. I'm sorry, guys. Don't apologize because I also don't have sprinkle on top this week, y'all. Okay. (laughs) We know it's the finale, but it is what it is. Okay, so... I feel like... I'm sorry, saying it is what it is for this finale is really fitting, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all will will hear why. (laughs) So getting into Floats Your Boat, I guess the first thing that resonated with me was when we were getting into Ayako's backstory, she talked about how her first crushes were on anime characters. Yeah. And I was just like, girl, same. (laughs) (laughs) 
for some reason it took me by surprise because I guess we just don't know Ayako like that like so personally it was cute though yeah it was very cute and I just it resonated with me because they like showed some of her the fictional anime characters fictional as in inherently to this story not actual like characters y'all um, except for Oscar. But anyway, my anime crushes when I was growing up. Oh, we're getting into it. Obviously was Tuxedo Mask. Yes. Yes. And then also Sailor Uranus. Ooh. Right? Uranus? Uranus? Uranus. Whatever. Whatever you're vibing. Whatever. <laughs> Haruka. Yeah, Haruka. Because the gay got a hold of me at a young age, y'all. <laughs> And then also Haku from Spirited Away. Oh, of course. Yes, yes. Was Tuxedo Mask also your anime crush? Oh, yes. And I I have a big confession. (laughs) So, okay, so I wasn't really aware of my bisexuality until my late teens. But the earliest sign should have been this. I had a crush... On James from Team Rocket. Wow. I know. <laughs> it's very telling. Wow. Well, it, I mean, it is, but you know what? That's fine. Like, <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I feel like, first of all, it makes, it makes sense. It makes sense. It tracks. Yeah. And it's not as if we understand, like, when we're, like, younger, that we understand those things. I didn't know about, obviously, bisexuality when I was in elementary school. But you guys, I already had mentioned Haruka because, yes, okay, Haruka could have taken... Anyway. (laughs) I I was also, like, extremely enthralled by the magical girl transformation sequence in Sailor Moon. And I think that that also had something to do with it. Right, yes. Yes. I mean, the transformation and, you know, seeing them change, just like, oh, okay. Feelings. Yeah, just that silhouette and then the ribbons, like, around. Yeah, like, it was a lot. It was a lot for young me. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then she also had um, talked about how she it transitioned into a 3D crush. And so, yeah, my 3D crush when I was, like young and I didn't realize what bisexuality was was actually Cindy Crawford she was in some type of yeah she was in some type of commercial and I don't know she just activated me like I was just like oh she's so beautiful like I was just (laughs) staring up at the tv or whatever but in any case this is not about me this is about Kageki Shoujo so (laughs) yeah I resonated with her being in love with anime characters and then in love with a real person and also you know Hirayama he was okay to a point like I could see it yeah we really didn't get to know him so I couldn't really make a judgment except you know glasses wearing so uh that's approval from me (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Let's see. I also... Wait, do you have floats your boat? I do. I have a couple. Okay. I really liked Sugimoto's advice to Ayako before her audition because Ayako comes up to her. She's like, I'm sorry in advance if I make a mistake. And she's like, don't apologize. Essentially, like, don't apologize because you're going to do it right. Ayako is having trouble relating to Juliet similarly, I guess, to Ai before. They both kind of had their big moments in the audition realizing what they should do. Yeah. Or connecting their past to the character suddenly. And Sugimoto is like, well, I've never killed anyone before, but I'm going to become that person on stage. And I just love the way she put that and just the fire under her and her passion. I really, really just loved that moment between them. Yes, twins, because I had that actually as my next floats your boat. Oh, cool. I feel like she did it nicely, but I think she did call out Ayako about the fact that she shouldn't warn people that she's not going to like do well Mm -hmm. and from this is my own personal critique I feel like Ayako is constantly putting herself in a position of needing outsiders to constantly validate her and that's not healthy no or fair to everyone else and I kind of thought well actually that's getting into a different section but that's something that I wrote so I was glad that Sugimoto said something to her and I even wrote one of the things that she said that being afraid of messing up will only make it more likely that you will oh yeah 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 which I was like finger snaps to that for sure yeah I was really glad that she she sort of started out with tough love and then she like softened it at the end Mm-hmm. which I think is really it goes well for Ayako's overall personality because 
she was able to take in that information. But yeah, so I liked that as well. I also liked that Yano rejected Hirayama because of girl code. And this is from Ayako's flashback. Yeah, it was cute. Just the way she was like, well, you have a big crush on him, right? It was it was adorable. Just for her to even just be that perceptive. Yeah, like she knew she liked him and she was like, I'm just going to say no. But we did lead into a real gay moment. We had a Kagage Shoujo moment. Shoujo Senge! Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. She's like, I'd go out with you right now if you wanted. And I mean, it's nice that that memory propelled Ayako into the role of Julia and gave her the courage to really go for it. But I'm like, is Ayako bi? Is she family? Or is she just excited that someone had feelings for her? No, I think she's just excited someone had feelings for her. Yeah, she's I not know. part of the family. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just want I want more more kin. <laughs> right. Right. Me too. And it's like, especially when you saw Yano crying. And I was just like, girl, you couldn't tell. <laughs> you couldn't mm. tell that she was confessing to you. And then she started crying. Really? But yeah, yeah. But I like the fact that she kept up girl code, and even though we didn't get to have our gay romance, you know, it was <laughs> it's there. It's in the lore. It's in the lore. There is gay in the lore. Yeah. What's another floats your boat that you have? I loved Sugimoto's audition for Tibble. Just watching her do the scene, yeah. I just thought it was enthralling. You know, she just lit up on the stage, and I wish that. You know, I guess spoiler alert, even though we just talked about it. Glad that it happened for Sarasa. Yeah. But really felt bad for Sugimoto. I guess I could be banana split. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she put in a lot of work and emotion. Mm -hmm. Overall, she did her best. And so it was just nice seeing that from her. And then um, something else that I put, but this is more about Ayako, is that I loved that Onidera Sensei was still rooting for Ayako because that's his girl, okay? Yeah, yeah. And so he like literally, after she's done singing this song, I have never heard of, guys. Me neither. I never knew that i know they taught they taught romeo and juliet while we were in school too so but i didn't remember no song but regardless he was crying boohoo crying up into his papers <laughs> after she was done yeah he was so i was um happy to see his joy and happy to see all these people proud of her and the last thing that i had is at the end of the episode so if you have other floats your boat oh no me too we probably have the same point i know he's your boy so if you want to go ahead <laughs> yes okay ando sensei said he was gonna be <laughs> romeo and i was just like "Ooh, girl if you are romeo i am gel bait in this class yes Yes, yes, I was so excited to see his Romeo when the episode ended. Me too. I was just like, I've been ready, okay? The other, <laughs> the other thing, I was just like, okay, you know, Ando Sensei is fine with that cane. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's what's your boat. So, do you have any banana split? I do, I do. And we almost got into it. Just the fact that Ayako had a song part of her audition, I just don't understand how that helps her get the role if it's not part of the scene or the play as written. Uh, I mean, the thing about it for me is that they were making it seem, I might be incorrect, guys, but I feel as if even though they were supposed to be playing the same scene, that they were playing different parts of that scene, depending on which group was going up. And so I feel like it's possible because I don't remember Romeo and Juliet enough to know if there was dead ass really a song in it. But I feel like they were just playing a different part of the same scene. And apparently Juliet was singing in it. I don't think so. Because a lot of them were saying the same wherefore art thou Romeo line that I just couldn't get out of my mouth just now. So I think it was all the same scene. I just don't understand why she got a song and that was able to propel her into the role while everybody else just said the lines. Right. Right. I mean, I'm happy for her, but... Right. Yeah. Maybe it's just the lines, but she decided to sing them. Oh, 
See, that's still weird to me. It is weird to me. Like, I just don't understand why they let that help her when nobody else is singing. So why does it get to be her secret weapon? I know she's like the best singer or whatever, but that's not part of it. Right. I mean, that's just me. It's a nitpick, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. No, no, I get it because maybe it's just because she went through so much controversy and stuff throughout the series that they decided maybe the original manga could decided like oh, okay this girl can be Juliet but she had to overcome like her eating disorder and mm-hmm. everything else but I would say that Ayako was also in my banana split because I wish that she believed in herself more and I don't know how she can become like a coca star if she continues to perpetuate her inferiority complex. Yeah, you're completely right. And that just takes us back to Sugimoto's advice where it's like, if you believe you're going to fail, your likelihood of failure is so much stronger. So hopefully this chance to be Juliet and this experience helps bolster her confidence a little bit because this is true in real life too. I've had like, I I mean, not to get, I guess, into my own personal tangent, I grew up very overconfident and then through my like teen years got knocked on my ass and have struggled with confidence ever since kind of like up and down so like I know that having a lack of confidence will make you more likely to fail just from my own personal experiences so hopefully this is a good character growth moment for her hope so but we'll see because I also have it in ice cream you scream as well Hmm. so I'll touch more on (laughs) that Okay. A little later. But do you have more banana split? No, I just have some hot fudge. Hot fudge time. (laughs) 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 Oh boy. (laughs) Okay. So, interestingly, listening to your summary, I feel like I learned more about this Akia situation, and I'm still trying to understand it, but I guess it's more so about our Kabuki man. So, I heard him straight up threaten Akia, like, his place in, like, the stage if he doesn't date Sarasa so that she can live, he said to live her teenage years to the fullest. I hated every word out of that man's mouth and I just don't want him, I want his hands, I said this last week, I want his hands out of her relationship. Yeah. And then Sarsa was overhearing this. I'm like, so she she seems to have a crush on him, on Akia. Yeah. But is she just doing this to protect him like as a friend does she like want it to be really more i i just i'm so confused by their relationship and i'm left with way more questions than answers after the finale of the show right so like the thing about it for me at first because when we started seeing this flashback and she was so excited to see him i was like oh so they are dating Mm -hmm, i was mm -hmm. like what and so after that i was just like oh i hate this man because (laughs) what the fuck how are you dating somebody and you can't make it to her acceptance party and you it's like dead ass this shit's a fucking walk bitch you could still come late like yeah couldn't make it but then i'll take you to the aquarium the next day and then he pushes that shit back by an hour so she could he could talk to her punk ass daddy Mm. and so i was just like okay so you couldn't tell this man oh i'm about to meet sarsa because at that point he would have been like oh go meet her he would have been like prioritize her yeah because i'm sure that the kabuki man did not know that he had a otherwise he would have been like oh i'll just talk to you afterward right yeah so seeing him prioritize the kabuki man over her pissed me off because even if you're supposed to be her friend quote unquote i don't know how you can miss such a big moment for her and then continue to put her on hold that like that's just not how friendships like move yeah and so to see that happen and she was so excited for this date and i just think the fact that he had to convince akia to date her pissed me off but to your point i wouldn't say that he was threatening his position as becoming the 16th century like head guy of that kabuki troop i think that he was telling him that he doesn't have to be so serious about his role right now because of the fact that he is also still young oh I thought that he was like, you know, I make a lot of the decisions around here, so think about your moves carefully. Am I remembering that wrong? I watched it very late last night. I mean, I don't know if you're remembering it wrong. I could just give you, like, 
I can only tell you how I interpreted it. And the way that I saw it was that I think he was basically telling Akia that he takes himself too seriously. And even though him becoming like the head of this Kabuki troupe is his overall goal, that doesn't mean that he can't have fun. Mm -hmm. And so I feel that the Kabuki man was misunderstanding Akia. Because I feel as if he thought that Akia was holding himself back from being in a relationship with Sarasa because he wanted to take on this role at the Kabuki troupe. He doesn't see Sarasa in that way at all. I was also confused by that because the <laughs> we keep calling him the Kabuki man and it's really silly. <laughs> um, but because the Kabuki man said, you have a crush on Sarasa, don't you? And Akia was kind of like, uh, yeah, but... I didn't know if it was true or not. I just don't know. I don't think that he has a crush on her. I just feel like he was awkward and he was talking to her, a legitimate dad, and he didn't know what to say. Mm. And I feel like he felt pressured to date her and Sarsa picked up on that. So not only did she lose out on being in that role because she was born a woman, right? She couldn't be the head of that Kabuki troupe, but she also lost out on being in a genuine relationship with Akia because he doesn't have feelings for her the way that she thought he did. Yeah. And yeah. so the thing about it for me, what I didn't like is the fact that she even asked to get, I mean, maybe her dad was trying to, he wanted her to have a full experience and he thought that saying what he was going to say to Akia would release Akia from whatever shackles was holding him back to date Sarasa. But the thing is, I don't think that the Kabuki man really clocked who Akia was because I don't think that he likes her in that way. I feel like he's just going through the motions, you know? Yeah, it definitely seems that way. It seems like he's happy to be her friend and be there when it's convenient for him. Not that that's what friendship is. Yeah. But like, he wants to be that kind of very casual friend with her and not romantic. That's what I've gotten from what I've seen. Yeah, and then on top of it, I'm wondering if... Sarsa even asked to be in a relationship with him because she was doing what her dad wanted her to do and not what she wanted to do. Because initially, she would have wanted to be in a relationship with him, but she realizes that Akia doesn't like her in that way. Although it doesn't stop her from asking him to be in a relationship with her. But it's like that moment of her staring at the stingrays and looking at that thing was very heartbreaking because I feel as if she decided to give up on her feelings. And even though they're tied together, it's just more of a one day I'm going to be the top person of Koka the way that you're going to be the top person of Kabuki. And she's finally letting that go. Like that's something that she said in the episode was that she's letting Kabuki go. Yeah. Yeah, I wish that they didn't just cut it off at that scene because I really would have liked to understand more why she asked him to be her boyfriend. Right, because the thing about it for me is that I feel that Akia, it's suspect what he said. I want to know if he said yes, because we're still assuming that oh, he right. said yes. We are. But we don't know if he said, oh, we're going to be in a relationship because this flashback was before she got into Coca. Then in whatever episode when I went to go visit and I asked if she was his boyfriend, he was upset about it. He said, you should just talk to Sarsa about it. And they shook hands. So from what I'm seeing, I feel like he had to have said no hmm. because I don't see anybody being some lackadaisical. He's too lax to be a boyfriend, let alone friend. Yeah, a good one anyway. Yeah, yeah. And so it's benefit of the doubt, but I'd like to think that he actually said no. And so when she refers to him as her boyfriend, that's just her friend that's a boy. That's not her actual boyfriend. That would be a very interesting and cool subversion of expectations on the writer's part. So if there's a second season and we get to learn more, I would really love for that to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. Another hot fudge that I had um, was actually about Ayako's backstory with Hirayama. So I feel like people need to stop confessing to people that they barely know. Yes, 
A thousand percent, yes. Seeing that he was so overeager to eat baked goods from Ayako's, like, family, I was just like, oh, okay, are they gonna start dating? Because she, like, who gives out free food? Like, people pay for that shit. And she specifically gave it to him on purpose. It's not like she shared it with the class. Yeah. And so to find out that he wanted to confess to the local fast girl because... Yano was watching pet videos and it made him want to protect her. Mm, I don't like it. I don't like it because I feel like Hiriyama made an entire fan fiction in his head about Yano just because she was watching pet videos. And that's insane. That's, that <laughs> like, really is wild. <laughs> like, I like cats or whatever too, but I don't think that some rando is going to be like, Chica, I saw you. <laughs> watching i saw you watching gianna's ig stories with soleil and you know what i wanted to protect you oh. i would look at him like he was like fucking crazy it's like someone's gonna have to protect you from this fist in one second like right you've lost your damn mind yeah How are you gonna fall in love with somebody just because they're watching like i feel like it would be one thing if he built up some rapport with her and then he decided to confess yes but the premise of it it's so wild to me because i just don't understand how him seeing her watch pet videos could escalate into him asking her out and then him even being upset about it afterward and it's just like yeah she's not the girl in the fan fiction you made in your head like you made that up yeah, it's totally bizarre. Like, I find out someone's a cat person and it's a green flag. I don't start assuming their entire personality revolves around the fact that they like cats or pets or something. Right. And it's like, the thing about it is that everybody was talking about how Yano was really for everyone. Um, I guess she's the Kageki Shoujo city girl, <laughs> but she was like breaking up people's bands. And even when it came to that, I didn't really like the fact I mean this was a little ice cream you scream for me but I guess it could go into hot fudge learning that Ayako was actually friends with Yano and then she is sitting with people that are talking shit about her Yano is that really your friend yeah because she gave you some bread like that's your friend yeah it's another instance of this reminds me of Usui we talked about how Usui wouldn't stick up for Misaki because he didn't want people to have a positive, well, too positive of an impression of her so he could have her all to himself. Not that that's what Ayaka's doing at all. It's just the fact that she won't stick up for her friend. Yeah. Like, that's that's what you do. That's what you do for a friend. I don't understand. Right. And it's just like, how your friend acts is how they act. And you don't have to condone all the things that they do. But at the same time, if I was having a conversation with somebody, and then they just up and started talking shit about you, Gianna, I would start cussing them out. Like, it's like, no. Y exactly. Yes. <laughs> also, thank you. <laughs> of course. Uh, but it's just like, no. I would never allow that to happen because I feel that and these sort of things happen in life but I would rather be that friend where it's just like no I'm really their friend if you're talking shit about them you're talking shit about me I'm not going to allow you to do that and I don't want people to think that I would allow people to say negative things about my friends because why why would that be okay why are they comfortable doing that and stuff and so I feel like she even hid this friendship and mm. it was weird because it's like okay Ayako you wanted this man and so what are you trying trying to appeal to Yano to be with this man even though both of y'all know that you want him and she technically made an opportunity for her which I'm glad she didn't take her up on that offer because gross like if he didn't notice you giving him like free baked goods then he's not going to notice you post the girl he likes rejecting him especially if he friend zoned you yeah I mean feelings can blossom but with this situation, I don't think it would be, like, 
anytime soon. Right. And on top of it is, I feel like that in and of itself is very weird. I have been in a situation like that before and it's disgusting. Although I found out after the fact of like, oh, this person that you're dating actually liked your friend who introduced you first. Mm. But then you're dating (laughs) each other, but they really want to be with your friend. And anyway, it's a very yucky situation to be in. I would not recommend it. I would rather like eat acid (laughs) than ever go through that shit again. But regardless, anyway, I didn't like that. Do you have any other hot fudge? I don't. I have an ice cream you scream that comes right out of what we're talking about, though. Okay. I am pretty sure I paused my TV when he was like to to Ayako, her her glasses friend crush, when he was like, could we be friends forever? I'm just like, fuck, that hurts. That hurts so much to hear. I mean, guys, we know I have a type. Mm. We know I like the glasses, folks. So just very easily being able to put myself into Ayaka's shoes. Oh my God, my heart shattered in that moment for her. Right. And the, the thing is, for me, it's like if I liked somebody and then I found out that you like my friend and they rejected you, I'm not consoling you. Like, shit, (laughs) you liked my friend. Yeah. Like, that's painful. You will always be second best. Like, who wants that? No. Like, no. You deserve to be picked enthusiastically. And if you're not being picked enthusiastically and that person is not thrilled to be with you and be seen with you, they are not worth your time. Right. No more bread. No. No more. No more bread. Yes. I didn't, I didn't like that either. I just, I mean, I get it because to be honest, and I think in that moment, they try not to play it that way but I feel like Hirayama acknowledged the fact that Ayaka liked him and that's why he friend zoned her because why else would she go out of her way to go find this man while he's letting the rain get on him because his fan fiction wasn't real yeah like, yeah I wish she just went with the gay just be gay just be gay be, <laughs> be gay where are the lesbians <laughs> poor Yano <laughs> oh my god Okay. Oh, the one ice cream you scream that I have before we get into the finale is that I said that it feels regressive to have characters still dealing with issues we saw were resolved. And that is in relation to Ayako. I thought that her inferiority complex was resolved post her singing after she had to go fix her eating disorder. And I guess to see it come back in this episode, I was kind of disappointed. I feel like, I don't know, they could have shown us the flashback and she could use that as her motivation. And while I do love what Sugimoto said to her, I just feel as if Like I said, people are always pouring into her, but she's not containing that. And for her to get Juliet, it's like, okay, I mean, I'm glad that she sings well, but looking past the singing, it's about the acting, right? You know? Exactly, yeah. So it's like, yeah, she's the best singer. So of course she's going to do that right. But acting wise, like you said earlier, I don't know if she really could have gotten in. That's not to say that, you know, it meant that I had to become Juliet, but I could have seen anybody else getting that role instead of Ayako. Now that I think about it, I think they said maybe in episode 11 that it's like a 10 minute Romeo and Juliet scene and then a five minute choral performance. If they wanted to highlight Ayako, why not give her a beautiful solo for the choral performance and make that be about her? Right. I feel like that would have been way better tied to her story and her character development. Not that, like, I had to see I get Juliet or something, but I just think it would have made more sense for Ayako's character. I think it would have made more sense, too, because, like, we know that she sings well. Yeah. But it's about acting. Everybody's talking about acting and all of that. But in any case, let us get into the finale, episode 13 of Kageki Shoujo. Here is our soft serve summary. Ando goes all out in reading for Romeo, which made the girls flustered. Sarsa is able to use her memories of one-sided love with Akia and teaching from Kao Shirakawa to give a heartfelt Tybalt performance. When it's time to learn who got the role, Sarsa is sidetracked into cleaning by Hijiri. Taichi appears to comfort Ai, who did not win the role of Juliet since Ayako got it. 
and she lets the rejection motivate her to do better. But instead of going out to eat with her uncle post-rejection, she wants to wait for Sarasa. Ai-chan wants to be there for her friend when she learns who got the role of Tibble. Meanwhile, Sugimoto talks with various people on her inadequacy in acting in comparison to an unprecedented prodigy like Sarasa. Ando-sensei consoles her. The class 2 representative Takei applauds her ability as a class rep. And Oki-sensei tells her that if she had just more audience appeal, then she would have won the role, which Sugimoto finally understands. We then learn that our girl, Sarasa, got the role as Tybalt. Since everyone is preparing for the festival slash graduation, the girls that won out the roles for Romeo and Juliet are left to fend for themselves for the most part. And the episode ends with class one girls taking promotional photos for the poster that will be used to advertise enrollment for the next class one girls. Okay, so Gianna, do you have a theme? I do. So I know that there was probably a better way to word this, but for some reason, my brain just didn't know how to put it eloquently. Constructive feedback can be a wonderful thing. Yes, I I agree with the sentiment. Oh, thank you. And I feel like it goes with the episode. I said that rejection doesn't always have to be bad. It can be motivating. Oh, yeah, yeah. And no sprinkle on top for this episode, unless you have one. Nope, no. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys, next time. <laughs> Maybe, we'll see. Maybe next time, we'll see. Okay, so getting into Floats Your Boat. Would you like to start this off, Gianna? Sure, because mine's like right at the very, very beginning. Okay. I loved everybody making these really great comments about Ando's performance of Romeo, and then it just cuts to Sugimoto, and she's like, his voice is hot. <laughs> right? Okay, first off, I was just like, okay, Ando Daddy, Zaddy. <laughs> you read good. I like how oh you my- read. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I love this. <laughs> yeah. He's cute. Now, be honest, it didn't really do that much for me. <laughs> just yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like he was reading it in his regular voice. And so then people were telling us, oh, this is so inspiring. He's going all out. And I'm just like, I think he's fine in general. So like, it's just like, oh, well, you know, I think he's fine. Um, This performance doesn't seem that much different because he's just looking at the paper. He's not really looking out at people. So people are telling me it's like the anime was telling me, oh, I should be I should feel all of these feelings. And then um, they showed that scene of him turning into Romeo with that like like whack-ass wig <laughs> but i just i mean i think he's hot so it like floats your boat but come on y'all oh my god i mean yeah i thought it was a fine performance i wasn't knocked off my feet or anything i thought that sugimoto's audition was more captivating personally right but right i just loved all the comments everybody were making and then sugimoto's just like oh my god his voice is hot that was so funny right right i thought it was funny too i would also say I guess it's a little, the way that I wrote this out. So this episode, I was experiencing it, guys. So the next thing I have here is talking about I kicking Tai Chi, but we should probably talk about uh, Sarasa's performance. (laughs) Oh, you know, it's interesting. I didn't write anything down about her audition, but I guess I was just so into the episode. Yeah, yeah. I think that to touch on it, you guys, I feel like Gianna and I both think that it was a very great performance and that she emotionally did her best and she was looking out at the right people. And something that I noted was that because she was auditioning individually, she didn't get like psyched up by Ando's performance as Romeo. Like his Romeo wasn't the Romeo that she was talking about within her own audition. Mm -hmm. And I think that that helped her out a lot. Yeah, because I noticed one of the judges was like, oh, in her version, Romeo's on stage right because she looked not at Ando, but in her own direction from where the scene was playing out in her head. Yeah, yeah. And so I was proud of her. I think that she did a great job. Now, if we're going to keep it all the way real, 1000% real, I love Sarasa, okay? 
I love Sarasa. I understand the backstory. I would have chosen Tsukimoto. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like that's some hot fudge, but I also kind of agree. I kind of agree. I think the role suits Tsukimoto more. Yeah. Yeah. Similarly to I, I would have liked to see Sarasa's Romeo. Right. To keep it all the way real, I would have wanted them to go with full shoujo conjecture and have Sarasa try out as Romeo and be Romeo and have I try out as Juliet and be Juliet. Oh, absolutely. As the romance girl, I check off on this. I wanted that so bad. I wanted the Yuri scene. I wanted them to just kiss on the balcony or whatever when they're talking about the roses and shit and where people are. Uh, That's what I want. Could you imagine a scene where they're rehearsing together in their dorm room and then like they accidentally get too caught up? Oh my gosh, girl. And there's like a little smooch, there's a little smooch <laughs> right okay come on yuri come me on. writing a fanfic live <laughs> writing it live give it to us now <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah so i don't know i guess like either way i, I would have preferred sugimoto to get it but that's just me but regardless she had a good performance so we'll give her that but yeah so the next thing that i had was actually i kicking tai chi and that's because i don't like him so i was happy <laughs> <laughs> It's just like he's seen him get kicked. I was like, yes, kick him some more. Oh kick him again for me. <laughs> Aim a little higher. Kick him a few more times for good measure. <laughs> right, right. A couple more times. Stamp on his foot, too. Oh, my God. But I guess I'm glad that he decided to sort of comfort her because he knew that she wanted to get Juliet. And her Juliet was too mature. Which I get it. It was. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, but it sucks. I mean, I guess I don't know if you have any Rocky Road for this episode, but... Oh, I don't. Okay, since we won't do a whole Rocky Road segment and this was my only one, it was just I being so sad kind of made me tear up. She was just so sad she didn't get Juliet, and my heart broke for her a little bit. Yeah, but you know what? I was also happy at the same time because, like, character development. Yes, yes. Because when she, like, started, she did not give two shits. She just didn't want to be by men. Mm-hmm. And now for the final episode to happen, and then you see her actually being passionate about the role and passionate enough to cry when she's, like, rejected. I was happy to see that. You know, she really wants it now. She wants to to be that actress. Yeah, it is nice to see her being passionate and really wanting something. Yeah. Do you have another float to your boat? Yes. Yes. When Karu stands up for Ayako. Ooh, twins! Yes! The other girls were making jealous comments about her having gotten Juliet, saying things like, oh, like, did her family pull strings? And like, she has the lowest grades. Why does she get Juliet kind of thing? And Karu says something like, if her family pulled strings, you lost out to some bread. They own a bakery. And I love <laughs> it. I loved it so much. Well, okay. And she followed it up by saying that if anyone was going to like win based on family, it should have been her in getting Romeo because she's a legacy. Yeah. And she didn't get it. And even though she was upset and crying about it, she still congratulated Ayako for being Juliet. And so it was nice to see that in Kaoru because she it's, you're just so used to her kind of being like harsh mm-hmm. and very like to the point can I'm so motivated by her goal and she wants to get to the goal and she's holding everyone by her standards. But you finally see her standing up for somebody else like legitimately. So it was good to see that development as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then I put, we learn because of course, Hijiri makes um, Sarasa clean. I didn't put that in ice cream you scream, but that is ice cream you scream because I'm so sick of that bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's my, it's in mine. So I got you covered. Yeah. But we do learn that she's going to be Scarlet during the graduation event. I guess they're doing some sort of play or some musical and she's going to be Scarlet from Gone with the Wind and I was just like oh that's perfect casting (laughs) yeah perfect because Scarlet wasn't shit either (laughs) I guess spoiler alert to anybody that hasn't read Gone with well it's not a spoiler alert because I didn't tell you the story I'm just telling you I think that Scarlet's not shit so Hijiri being her made sense to me (laughs) do you have any other floats your boat I have a couple quick ones okay I just think in general, it was kind of inspiring to watch Sugimoto handling her rejection so well and seeking constructive feedback. It's just really admirable. Yeah. At first, I think I would have liked it 
if she could have gotten it all from one person. But then at the same time, to be realistic, when you do get rejected, having one person validate you or make you feel better about it, sometimes that honestly is not enough. Yeah. So I get why she had to go to like three people for it. But I like the fact that like she started combating her feelings of unworthiness and jealousy with Ando Sensei. And so I feel like each person that she talked to helped her feel better in a different way. And that Ando Sensei talked about how Sarsa is like this unprecedented prodigy and that she just has this thing. And that doesn't mean that Tsuhimoto is a lesser actor because of the fact that she got rejected. And Takei um, Senpai, the class two representative, although she also said the same thing as Anto Sensei, I feel like she added on to it by acknowledging the efforts that Sugimoto did as a class representative, because I don't feel like nobody else was really talking to her about the job she was doing as a class rep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to have somebody notice like all of the hard work that you put in. Oh, definitely. It's so motivating when someone just tells you like, hey, You're doing a good job or like, hey, I'm proud of you. It's extremely motivating. Yeah, yeah. And so I was happy that she was able to get that from her. But then I loved that at the end, it's like she finally was able to snap out of her funk because of her love for Coca and her being a fangirl of Coca. That's how she was able to understand finally like why she didn't get the role is because Sarasa has that audience appeal. Yeah, that fangirl potential. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm glad that she was able to like get out of that funk. Yeah, and I mean, at the very end, she does congratulate Sarasa and finally shakes her hand after rejecting it a couple episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll say what I liked about this episode was just like the tie-in of these different people's development. We get to see a little bit of everyone's, which was good. Yeah, we did. And it was a really nice way to tie it together. Uh, but maybe not end it. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unless you have any more floats your boat, I really don't. So it's you <laughs> until like we have bananas. Well, I don't have banana split either. I just have hot fudge and ice cream, ice cream. So I actually don't have any banana splits either. But I mean, I guess I'll quickly say just the fact that Sarasa was chosen for fangirl potential was very funny, but that's really it for me for Floats Your Boat. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any other Floats Your Boat either. So let's move into hot fudge. Hooray. Hooray. (laughs) It's scalding. Oh, please go ahead. I only have ice cream, you scream. Okay. Kabuki man. Oh, he's back. He's back, okay? Because y'all thought we were going to be done with him in episode 12. But no, he's on my shit list. You know that this is your daughter, right? Why are you late in spending time with her? What type of example are you setting with her? You see, this all this shit ties in, actually, because now I'm really mad for real. The example that the Kabuki man was setting for Sarasa, let her to believe that the treatment that she's getting from Akia is all right. Mm. And that is bullshit. Yeah. I just think it's wild. This man is the most wild man. You step out on your wife of the Kabuki troop, who is the daughter of the man that you work under. You have your illegitimate daughter, the shit cycle. You have your illegitimate daughter hanging out at your workplace, the place of your wife's family, and having her hang out with your wife's fucking dad. Okay, because that's who Kao is out. That is the Kabuki man's wife's dad. The unmitigated gall, the audacity. Not only do you have her hanging out there, and thankfully he is a forgiving person. Well, at least he is. And then that other lady that was there is forgiving, not the other people, because those people are wild. Those two people that she was around were nice. They were entertaining her because her fucking dad was late. And there's no explanation. He just shows up. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, can you teach me too? You are not shit. You have never been shit. And the fact that he went and decided, oh, you know what, Akia, you should date her. I 
If you are a real father, you would want your daughter to have better than you. Even if you're the most awesome dad. Yeah. You would want whoever your daughter to be with, to be with somebody that truly loves her, that makes time for her, that doesn't make excuses about spending time with her. And it's just, just pieces of shit. I just think Akia is a piece of shit and it's like, I mean, he's catching this stray, but I don't care. I think he's a piece of shit. He should have said no if he didn't say no. she He should have set her dad fucking straight. If he wants to have a relationship with his daughter, he doesn't need to go through Akia because honestly, especially now that we know this backstory, he's really fucking with her head. Mm-hmm. Like with like the whole roses thing because it's just not his character. I'm never going to get past that. I'm never going to get past the tweets. Right. And the roses. The roses. I just can't. I, I cannot. Like, physically, it is so thick. It is piled so high. I cannot get the fuck over it, around it, through it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm so done. I will never see it for this man. Just the amount of trauma. And this is why. Now I fully understand her grandpa. Because fuck her dad. He ain't shit. He's never been shit. And fuck her mom, too. I don't know where she is. You better be dead. Yeah, where is she? I don't know, but you better be dead, girl, because I can't believe you're letting your daughter be. I mean, clearly you make bad choices if you're sleeping with married men, but I don't understand how you're allowing your daughter to experience this trauma and just leaving your elderly father to be the emotional epicenter for what life should be. That's not fair. That's fucked up. All these people failed Sarsa and I'm over it. I'm just so happy she has I in her life. I'm like, okay, I know that we keep making like the Yuri jokes and stuff, but like say this actually is a Yuri and there's a second season and we get to see more. So what if we get this situation where, you know, a friendship blossoms into more and I gets to show her like what it's like to actually be cherished? I would love that for her. And I hope this for her. I want that for her. I want them to be in a relationship. It is so heartbreaking because I felt it before, although a different level because that person was abusive. Mm. But being in a one-sided relationship is so painful. Yeah. And it's just, especially in her situation, because she doesn't know any better. She doesn't. The men in her life, she just thinks that's what it's supposed to be. But life can be so much better than that. And so I hope that in the next season, and if we don't get a second season, maybe I'll get the manga possibly from Barnes & Noble. So I'll actually get it in time. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I really hope that her and I do become a couple. And if they don't become a couple, then I'd rather Sarasa just be on her own. Anything is better than being in a relationship with somebody that just doesn't give a shit about you and make sure to let you know on multiple occasions throughout years that you're never their number one priority. Yeah. Oh my God. I 1 million percent agree. I just, I hate this entire situation so much. I hate it. I hate it so much too. Another hot fudge I had, uh, I guess it's a little bit more mild. Well, no, I won't even count that. Hijiri is annoying. I think she's an eyesore. <laughs> but yes. a more legitimate, <laughs> yes, a more legitimate hot fudge is custodians. Hire fucking custodians. Yes. I'm so sick of y'all, uh. like, having these students clean these buildings. When y'all have these ex- expectations, y'all had these girls audition to be in this Romeo and Juliet scene. And so not only do they have to go and do this scene and play this out with little to no guidance, Thanks, Ando Daddy. But at the same time, they also have to clean the school because nobody else is doing it. And there's apparently splinters. And I'm just like, if there's splinters on the fucking floor, maybe you should have a carpenter come and fix the floor. Because what is a student going to do? Honestly, I think I said this maybe in our first Kagaki Shoujo episode. Like, these girls are going through a rigorous performance school. On top of that, they should not be putting their bodies through rigorous cleaning as well early in the morning before training that's horrible right i just feel like they should be able to fully invest them 
themselves and what they're being taught, mm-hmm. not being like the unthanked custodians, because that's just not fair. And if Coca is like this number one school and it's more prestigious than Tokyo University, then y'all should have prestigious money. Yes. And that money means that you could have custodians. And I know that that's normally a trope. We know it's a trope, guys. So before y'all start tweeting or writing some comment that students clean in the schools, I get that students clean in the school. Just not this one. (laughs) Well, I mean, I could understand, like, in a lot of animes, they have little after school chores. Not you have to wake up at 5 a.m. and clean, deep clean this entire room every day before class. Right. With toothbrushes. Yeah, that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. They are already learning like so much. The last thing they need to worry about is like grout and mold and whatever else. Yeah, I'm like Sawako in Kimi ni Tadoke just had to water the plants after school. And these girls go to Coca and they have to scrub a floor and uh, walls and windows top to bottom at 5 a.m. every morning. I hate it. Right. I would have quit. Right. It's like, guess I ain't gonna see that silver bridge. I'm over it. Yeah, fuck the bridge. Cause it's like, I gotta do <laughs> I b- build a bridge and get over the silver bridge. Like, I'm done. Right. I'm over it. I'm not gonna be doing all of that. Cause it's just like, that's just messed up. Yeah. Like, no. But let's move on to ice cream, you scream. So I'm gonna let you go. Cause I went on ad nauseum with hot fudge. Okay. Oh, it's fine. So basically just get the fuck out of here, Hajiri. Yeah. Like we both did theater and we both know what it's like to anticipate a cast list at a regular high school or a regular community production. That's really anxiety inducing. So I cannot imagine the anxiety of seeing a coca cast list and then being told you have to go clean instead by this second year bitch. Like, I was so angry for Sarasa when she came through with that stupid smile on her face being like, you need to clean. Sorry, you can't look at the cast list. Like, fuck off, Ajiri. Oh my god. On top of that, she made her clean even more than what she usually did. Yeah. Because why would it take fucking hours, you know? Right. If it takes hours to clean... I'm so mad. I'm just, maybe it should have been hot fudge for me because I'm so angry. <laughs> I just, I feel like when you're anticipating like that sort of thing, it's too much. It's way too much. I'm so sick of Hijiri and the way that she is that low key, I kind of wish I said something. Me too. I really wish she would have been like, actually Hijiri, like we'll both come in clean or even make up a lie like, oh, I have to hold Sarsa back for a little bit, but we'll walk to the cleaning room together like after I say what I have to say and then they would just go off and look at the list yeah yeah I just don't think that it's right that Hajiri can just be so she was nasty like this entire season and I never got to see a comeuppance (laughs) of at all which unsatisfied like right I would have loved to see her get got somehow Ooh, it would have been so good right even if she was walking out of the building right she's walking out of the building and she has her little coat on and she just trips and falls like that would have made me feel better honestly I was hoping that we were going to get to see this performance this festival but we don't I was hoping that she was gonna fuck up on stage somehow or fall or just kind of ruin her own reputation in a way just by a bad performance or something right but we'll never know (laughs) yeah we'll never know guys and that moves me on to my own ice cream you scream yes and it's my only one left too so please take it from here (laughs) i could have used another episode that showed the graduation and the romeo and juliet performance Mm -hmm. and then they could have ended with the poster photo taking thing yeah Mm -hmm. I don't understand why it ended that way. It's so unsatisfying that I wouldn't be surprised if there's no second season because of how unsatisfying it is because you do all of this work to make people understand the story and the roles within Coca and what it means and acting and these different pieces, you have us get into the character development of not just our lead girls, but all of the girls in their first class. And you're talking and it's like we're moving, right? It's supposed to be this momentum. We're moving to see them audition to do these scenes. And 
to not get to see the final fucking product, to not get to see people applaud Sarsa, to see people fangirling over her performance, to see Ayako give her whatever performance and that's singing for Juliet, <laughs> you know, to not see the girls graduate, I feel let down. So do I. Deeply. I don't know how in any capable mind this was the way this was the place to end kagaki shoujo absolutely not i tried to do a quick google to see if there was a second season and i don't see any announcements so i don't know what's going on with this story and i know we talked about the anime cliffhanger problem when we were talking about maidsama and i'm afraid that this is going to be just that I'm so invested in these characters now and I want to know what's happening, but I don't have the time to sit and read manga. Like, I've got a lot going on. So it would have been really nice to just see this story continued. Like, just the pure fact that we don't get to see the performance that's been hyped up for, what, three, four episodes now? Right. It's infuriating, honestly. It's crazy. I was very aggravated. And, like, the thing about it for me is that I came into this, I have seen Rosa Versailles. I've been impacted by Rosa Versailles. So I understood Sarasa being obsessed with it and I understood the reference to it, like the references that were being made throughout this series. And that's all I got because I never read Kageki Shoujo. So to get to this point, and obviously it's not like we're going to see Sarsa play Oscar, but it's like, okay, she couldn't, I don't know, recite some lines. Like, I don't know why they ended it this way. And I feel like it's just so unsatisfying. And I would have wanted them, even if they weren't going to make a second season, they could have just made this season longer and just be like, okay, well, let me add on, like we said, add on the graduation ceremony, Romeo and Juliet or whatever, or at least get to some climactic point or to a point where, you know, Sarsa's talking about Oscar or the second year, them as second years talking about it. It's just, I wanted more. And I feel like the thing is, outside of this, if it didn't end this way, I would have liked the anime more mm -hmm. because... It touched on like very important themes. It talked about eating disorders. It talked about stalkers. It talked about unrequited love. It talked about piece of shit fathers. It talked about, you know, jealousy and how you overcome that. And rejection is motivation. There's all of these lessons that we got from it. And I just wish that it ended more on a high point. Like, yes, it could have been like, yeah, you take this poster, but I want to see Sarasa being Tibble and people being enamored with her Tibble. I want to see why Kaoru didn't get Romeo, which actually that just, I just thought about that. The fact that somebody else who was actually not part of our regular, like, girl crew got Romeo and it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, who is she? We don't even know her. Like, who, who are you? Who are you, girl? Why? <laughs> you can't sit with us why did you win <laughs> like i want to know you can't sit with our girls like i mean why didn't you give it to the fucking legacy even though kaoru can be annoying like why the fuck not i don't know i just i wish that it ended differently me too they could have accomplished so much if it was as long as made sama it would be twice as long they could go into second year yeah we could see what all of that entails because that's when they're supposed to get into the really serious coca training so we could have seen things just slowly amp up understand these relationships more see all these women grow from the backstories we've seen like the seeds of their past that we've gotten but we don't yeah and i'm mad i'm just mad yeah i'm upset too guys i just i wanted I wanted better. If there is a second season, we'd be happy to see it. Yes, absolutely. But who knows when or if that's going to come out. Oh, I bet you there's going to be a season two of Kagaki Shoujo before you get your Maidsama manga from Right Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> guys, I swear to God, we started, we started recording in April, right? April of this year. Yeah. And, <laughs> and all of our episodes are published of Maid Sama now and it is um well I will tell you what time it is now but yeah okay now and I still don't have that shit guys <laughs> 
We'll see. By the time we publish this episode, I will will tweet when the Kageki finale comes out on social. I will give an update on whether I got the Maid-sama manga. Please. I guarantee you, I probably won't, but we'll see. (laughs) Oh, my God. But yeah, guys, sorry to be a little anticlimactic because we were kind of pissed with the way this episode ended. But that is the finale of Kageki Shoujo. Yeah, I mean, it fits for the way the anime ended. So we're just working with what we got. Yeah, we're working with what we got. (laughs) And we were left mad. And that's sort of what happens. But (laughs) And you should be too. No, I'm I'm absolutely kidding. You should be mad too, guys. (laughs) Get mad. (laughs) Right. Call up. I don't know who you're going to call because people... People don't even listen to shoujo fans the way that they should, which is very upsetting. But um, in any case, you can talk to us about it. We can commune as yes. angry shoujo fans. <laughs> Please. Oh, my gosh. I want to have angry rants about the way this show ended with you. Please. Yes, please, please, because I guarantee you by the time this publishes, we're still going to be pissed about it. So. <laughs> oh, Yeah. 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 So that is the finale of Kageki Shoujo. Thank you guys so much for getting through another anime season with us. A shorter season, but a season. We're so glad that you're still here and like listening to us. With that being said, make sure to follow Shoujo Sunday on your preferred podcast platform. We're everywhere, guys. Just trust and rate us five stars. It helps us out. Rate us five stars specifically on Spotify and also on Apple Podcasts. Leave a legitimate review because we want people to find us. Let people know how you felt about our feelings on Kageki Shoujo. Let them know about how you felt about our feelings on A Silent Voice or also on Maid-sama. We want the people to know that our reviews are worth the time. So let people know, comment. Same time, also follow us on all social platforms. We're Shoujo Sunday everywhere. I'm Chica Supreme. You can follow me at Chica Supreme across all social media. And that is Chica with a K and not two C's. Gianna? I am Gianna Luna. You can follow me at Gianna underscore Luna underscore across socials. And that's Gianna with one N. Yes. And we will see you guys, I guess, for our next film. You'll see. You'll see when the episode comes out. But we're excited about it. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. So I guess see you guys next Sunday. Yes. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.